What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And damn, that was one hell of a weekend. <laughs> um, so early in the week, we're going to recap everything that happened. Um, and it's still happening, actually, uh, at a little inside the park baseball here. It is Monday right around 830. And Clemson and Georgia Tech are currently having the toilet bowl of the week. Um, it's it's sad. I don't even. I've watched high school games that are better than this. Um, but for the early week episode, we're gonna break down the weekend. Like I said, um, we're gonna start with the Thursday games and roll into that wild game last night. Um, and then. Later in the week, we're going to have another episode talking about week two's biggest games. Um, and there isn't much to talk about for the Georgia Samford game. So we do have some fun stuff to talk about with that. Um, and we've also got some new segments that we're going to try this week. Um, so as always, we appreciate your feedback. Um, before we get started, Wes, what are you drinking tonight? Um, yeah, so I told you earlier, I'm trying to get more into, like, whiskeys and scotches and, you know, be more manly instead of drinking my, you know, Globe Ultras and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm drinking Ardberg, I think I think it's how it's called. What is it called? Ardbag. Ardbag, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very smoky. It Like you said, it tastes like you're drinking a, a campfire. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I told it's Wes good. a little story about that earlier. Yeah. It is – a lot of people love it. I just – for personal personal uh, experiences, can't get behind that one. I've got a, uh, and of course the teams are. <laughs> they decided it's time to record themselves too. Um, so I got a Starlight single barrel that a friend of mine um, from ba- Fantasy Baseball League I'm in picked. It is 119.6 proof. Jeez, uh, and you can see in the video. Nope, never mind. Nope. <laughs> um, it's really dark. It, it's really good. I wish I had got a second bottle from him when he picked it, but I messed up and didn't. Um, so let's roll right into uh, one of our new segments that we're going to try out here. We're going to call this For Better or For Worse, because you can't be married to preseason takes. Uh, <laughs> our new segment is going to be for surprising games. Uh, where we talk about if one team is worse than we had thought or if the other team was better than we had thought. Um, so, I mean, first game we're going to talk about, the backyard brawl, that's definitely something, that's definitely an aspect of it. JT Daniels is still good at football, uh, if you had any doubts. <laughs> and if he had any receivers that were even able to catch a cold, they would have beat number 17 Pitt on Thursday night. Yeah, I'd still have money. <laughs> I I told you that. Uh, I stayed away from that game. If I don't if I don't have a good feeling, I stay away from it. I believe so. <laughs> CJ Donaldson is going to him and JT are going to be the entire West Virginia offense this season. I yeah. I want to say when I look back at it, CJ Donaldson had like 140 yards rushing um, against a ranked opponent. Came down to a last second, what was it, a tip pass that was intercepted, and that's how they lost that game. Yeah. Um, Pitt only won that game because West Virginia could not catch or tackle. Um, and not necessarily, I don't think it's because they're much better. I think West Virginia is a good team. 
and they just picked, got the luckier calls that night. Um, but after that game, I think Pitt looks like more of a threat to repeat in the ACC than NC State even making that game in Charlotte. Yeah. Um. So for our first, for better or worse, is West Virginia better than we thought, or is Pitt worse than we thought? I don't know. That one's hard because, like, it's a rivalry game. It was to kick off five days, five straight days of football. So, so that one's kind of tough because, I mean, I, the whole cliche, you know, throw the record books out the window when these teams play. Like, that's that's that game, the backyard ball. They haven't played in 11 years. Both teams were going to put everything out on the field. Like, I, that, that one's tough, but I would have to go with – I think West Virginia is probably better than what people thought. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go with that. I think West Virginia was better than what people thought. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I will say that it's probably 70% West Virginia being better and 30% Pitt being, being worse, but not significantly worse than what we thought. Uh, I yeah. mean, we knew they were losing a lot. Their offense played well. Um they were just beating JT Daniels up all night. And the uh, the JT is a beta takes did not age well after he got sacked <laughs> and hit that many times. He was getting uh, rocked. I, this is breaking news to everyone, especially Georgia fans. JT Daniels has actual bones and not just glass supporting his muscles. It's crazy. That, wild. Never, never would have thought after his career at Georgia and South, Southern Cal for that point. Um but I think we're both real excited to watch West Virginia this season. They've got some guys with a lot of talent. They just got to put it together. Yep. Now moving into the NC State, squeaking out a win against the ECU Pirates. Ending um, my parlay. Yeah. Yeah. Your parlay had a rough go of it, but we'll get to that. <laughs> it did. Um, so I've got a friend – that is big into ECU football. That's where he went to school. So he, every time we talk about football, he says that ECU plays the big schools better than they play in their own conference. Which, they do. And yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. After they barely lost to USC last year, and then this game, I, I 100% believe that. Um, ECU took a, uh, took a page out of Mississippi State's 2021 season and lost because they couldn't kick a field goal. <laughs> that happened a lot this weekend. Yeah, and it's always the smaller schools this weekend, at least. App State lost just because of that same reason. Yeah. Um, so, is ECU better or is NC State worse? I think it was the fact that they played in Dowdy Ficklin. Dowdy Ficklin is a tough place to play, and I have a buddy that, that played football at ECU as well. And he, he'll he be like, this is one of the loudest stadiums you will find. The fans are crazy. The students are crazy. They literally, their slogan for that school is you can't spell parties without pirates. And it's and, it's correct. I've been downtown and, uh, <laughs> in ECU's college town. Yeah, Greenville's legit. But, no, I, I think it was a fact that I think NC State's going to be okay. I think they'll finish out the season. They'll, they'll go to the AC Championship game, especially after watching this Georgia Tech Clemson game right now. Um, it's so I bad. Think, 
I think NC State will still make the AC championship game. I don't think they have anything to worry about. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you said. Um, ECU is a tough place to play. It still blows my mind that ACC schools do home and homes with non Power Five teams because the same thing. Like UNC almost lost to App State at App State. So, did you watch that game at all? Um, I saw clips of it when we were in the suite on Saturday, but it was so, playing about the same time. So the thing is, North Carolina didn't – they said it during the game. North Carolina did not win a road game last year. Is that – I'm going to look that up real quick. That's what they, that's what they said in the, like during the game. But, yeah, is that they did not win a road game last year. And then, I mean, App State, they, for whatever reason, they're always good. <laughs> yeah, App State seems to be one of those teams that if you're if you're a Power Five team with an off day, they're gonna at least take you to the end, if not beat you. Yeah, I want to say they scored like forty points in the fourth quarter. It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, no, you're one hundred percent correct. UNC did not win a single game on the road last season. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about because Mac Brown, you know, coming from Texas, you know, being Mac Brown, but they also got Gene Chizik, so. Yeah, you know, Gene Chizik's supposed to turn UNC defense around. Um, <laughs> and he did for that. App State didn't score in the third quarter. Um, they just scored 40 points in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that game wasn't even one that we were really going to talk much about, but it's just – that's so wild. It was a good I game. Think I, I mean, I 100% – I'm buying into the Mountaineers hype at this point. You can't put up <laughs> 61 points on a Power 5 team and not get any hype behind you when you do that. All right. Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Um, I think this is one of those games where the box score doesn't tell the full story. Yeah. Arkansas was dominant running the football. K.J. Jefferson had 223 yards passing and three touchdowns. Um. Cincinnati was just able to start moving the ball after Arkansas had a few injuries on defense, most notably uh, Jalen Catalan. He was what projected to be a first, maybe mid-second round safety. Um, yeah. And then, and then he got hurt. So I'm not sure if we need to do a bit for better or worse on this because it kind of went how most of us thought it would up until Jalen went out. What do you think? Is is Cincinnati better or Arkansas worse? Is that what you're asking? Yes. I don't think Arkansas is worse. Um, I mean, I've said it in previous episodes. It's week one. Like, week one is always tough for teams, except for, for – Especially <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Oregon. But no, week, week one is always tough, so I wouldn't say Arkansas was worse, but I wouldn't say Cincinnati was better. That was kind of a coin toss. Yeah, no, I, I think that one was more of right in the vein of where people expected it to be. Arkansas was was dominant right up until that injury. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely excited for Arkansas's game this week, but we'll get to that in our next episode. We got a pretty good breakdown on that one. So we'll, we'll go into this Florida-Utah game. Um, so – Going into week one, I don't think anybody had playoff implications in mind. But here we are. If and y'all can hear that, I'm sorry. 
It's the dogs. They're just trying to they're just trying to talk with us tonight. We're having big conversations. <laughs> um, but no, we absolutely do not mean that Florida is in the playoff conversation. We mean that there is absolutely positively no way that Utah does. They can go undefeated the rest of the season, win the Pac-12. There's no way that Utah makes playoff after losing to an unranked Florida team in week one and looking as bad as they did in that second half. I think the only um, way can help them is if Florida, for whatever reason, goes undefeated. Dear God, I hope not. And that's I don't see loss. I Yeah, I think that's a – what we'll we use the ESPN predictor that's got a 0.01% chance of happening. Um, the Pac 12 was just awful this weekend. Their best two teams that had actual chances to make the playoffs just I, I don't know if they left their states. Um, I think it would actually be better if Dan Lanning came out and said that Oregon, most of the team never made it to the plane. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, same with Utah. Cam Rising, he uses legs still. That arm was not what it was last year. No. Um, actually, we were sitting in the suite. I was talking to Connor O'Gara, one of the guests we had on, sitting there, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get a prop bet on Anthony Richardson having a turnover in this game. I couldn't find it, but I would have lost that bet because he actually looks competent as of week one, which is shocking to everyone who watched Bullshit. Anthony Richardson play football last year. <laughs> and now we can cue the Florida fans talking way more trash than they should just to get beat by Missouri, because that seems to be their biggest foe in the SEC. <laughs> so is Florida better than we thought, or is Utah worse? Uh, I'm going to go with Utah being worse. I'm never going to say Florida's better. Um, but no, I think, like I said last week, the swamp played a factor. The humidity played a factor. Um, I mean, you, did you see the video of the dude on the sideline just fucking. There were multiple players that got caught puking. Yeah. it, And I feel like that played a difference. But I also feel like the interception at the end of the game, that's still the deal for Florida, definitely should have been looked at more than it was. Yeah, yeah. No, we talked about that in our fantasy, yeah. fantasy group chat. That one, there's no way that that wasn't just a little bit of home cooking for a turnover to decide the game wasn't even reviewed. Yeah. That's just... But I think I think this will play a little bit of a factor, and I, I'll say it. Utah's not as good as we thought they were. Yeah, I I agree. They Utah just looked like they had no idea what they were doing. And yep. for that long-term coach, they've got what Cam Rising has been in the program for three years now. Like yep. everyone expected Utah to be something the Pac-12 just doesn't seem capable of producing. Um, a playoff team. A playoff team. Or a team that, you know, can win at least 11 games and make it to a conference championship. <laughs> now we're going to go into Ohio State-Notre Dame. This overhyped Ohio State offense did not look even competent until late in the game. Ohio State had zero players rush for over 100 yards. 
And C.J. Shroud had better stats in every Power 5 start last season than he did against Notre Dame on Saturday night. Ohio State did lose Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah. but a team that recruits like Ohio State does and allegedly develops talent like Ohio State does shouldn't have had their entire offense crippled with one player. Um. I will say we both called it Notre Dame having quarterback issues this year. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, their offense was inept. They got 253 total yards against an Ohio State defense that's not good. No. Even with everything we just said, they only lost 21 to 10. So in this one, we're going to do this one. We're going to do side of the ball. So is Notre Dame's defense better than we thought, or is Ohio State's offense worse than we thought? I think losing uh, Njigba definitely hurt. But like you said, it's the Ohio State. Like, you're supposed to be the ultimate school, wide receiver you. Like, we put out receivers nonstop, but one player goes down and you can't beat a Notre Dame team. So I'm going to go with their offense isn't as prolific as people thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know what? Let's go ahead and get into this. Does Ohio State stay at number two when the rankings come out tomorrow? Yes. You think Ohio State stays at two? Because it was a top five win. That's how they're going to say it. They, they won a top five matchup with Georgia just winning a top 15 matchup. That's how that's how and you know the polls, you know Ohio State. Yeah, no, I, I see that point. Um but so I Kelsey and I driving back from the game yesterday, we had this conversation. I think you can make an argument for Georgia being number one. Yeah. You can make an argument for them being number two. You can make an argument for them staying at number three. And I think all arguments are valid. Yeah. But even trying to put my bias aside. Georgia beat a Power Five, so someone who's played in their conference championship two years in a row. They beat that team by forty six points. Didn't allow a touchdown. I I think Georgia be, deserves to be number one, if not number two at the lowest, and that would to me cement that there's Bama bias. Yeah, if they I stay mean, at I... number three, it just biases all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I even put that in our group, like, should Georgia be the number one team in the nation this week? Yeah, I mean, speaking dude. speaking of the group, little uh, shameless plug here, our Facebook group, we had a lot of great conversations over the weekend about football, um, and that's where next year, if you want to be in the Fantasy League, that's where you would go to sign up. So you can find us on Facebook at Nothing Finer Pod. Uh, nothing minor podcast Facebook group. Uh, yeah, no, I, there's an argument for all three, but I see it as Georgia should be number one, reigning champion, best defense in college football. Stetson Bennett had the best game of his entire career, and it doesn't look like they're <laughs> going to slow down. He's now in the top five for Heisman finals right I now. I believe it. Yeah, to that game. Just that one play of where he ran away from three Oregon defenders and just tossed a ball up like he was shooting a three-pointer and Ladd got it in the end zone. I mean, that, that should 
he should be leading as of week one, in my opinion. But his new name is now Stetson Manziel. <laughs> no, don't put that evil on him. He ain't got no tattoos. <laughs> He's not that dumb. Yeah, Ooh, he actually. Um, Hill, though, did you see Netflix is doing a documentary about him, like the Mankateo one? Oh, that yeah. is going to be good. Right. I love when you see him on the sideline of games and he looks like that guy that was an athlete in high school and is now on like four different drugs and has failed out of the 12 step <laughs> program. Uh, just wild. <laughs> um, so we're going to go ahead and roll into the Georgia Oregon game. So we're going to give our thoughts into the game uh, and then we're going to do offensive and defensive MVPs. And then we're going to do a... So Walker went 16 yards. He drove right over Orange Church, just driving and running with those big guys. My God, a fresh Player of the week. Um, <laughs> so, Wes, go ahead and give us your breakdown of that absolute beatdown of the Ducks. Bro, so coming into this game, all right, I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a shot every time Georgia scores. <laughs> that's why you stopped texting back um I'm glad I wasn't feeling too hot on Saturday so I didn't <laughs> do that but that was so much fun to watch like sitting in my house was fun I could just imagine what it was like in the dome oh yeah it got <laughs> it got raucous for a minute I I want to know where all the haters are. I have like it. They got quiet real quick. Georgia's defense I, is going to stumble. Georgia's defense isn't going to be what it was last year. Yeah, granted, it was week one, but and it was Bo Nix. <laughs> Bo Nix is an athlete. He may not be a good quarterback, but that guy <laughs> is an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of upset. I mean, we'll get into it later because we talked about it the three things we want to see. I'll get more into it later. I'm just upset we didn't get a sack. Yeah. Like that, that yeah. was surprising to me. But, um, yeah, no, it, that was so much fun to watch. The control that Stetson had of that offense, when he finally had a full offseason as QB1, knowing he's the guy, the difference that made for him and, like, the whole team in general. Yeah, so one thing, I, I know I've said it on this podcast a few times, but I feel like a lot of national or even just general SEC outlets don't cover this. This is the first time since the summer of 2018 that Georgia has had the same quarterback through the offseason, the same offensive coordinator, and a healthy skill position player. Holy shit. Damn, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so, and I say this, in 2019, Lawrence Cager – showed up in the summer, right? He was he was the number one receiver until Blaylock was able to step up. George Pickens showed up in the summer. They just swapped offensive coordinators to James Coley. Yeah. Going to 2020, James Coley was fired, Jake Fromm left. Going to 2021, you went from JT and Stetson back and forth at the beginning of 2021, and George Pickens was out. Going into 2022, Stetson is healthy, AD's healthy, Brock Bowers is healthy. You have the same offensive coordinator. You have three returning starters on the offensive line. This is the healthiest and most 
continuity that Georgia's offense have had since 2018. Oh, and by the way, 2018, they put up over 37 points a game, which was the best since Aaron Murray's borderline Heisman season. Damn, that's scary. I, <laughs> I, I feel like it's not talked about enough. Like, everybody's doubting the defense. Even if the defense can hold somebody at 21 points a game, I don't see a defense on Georgia's regular season schedule that can hold them to three touchdowns. No. I, sure, I've got some bias there, but I, I, I don't mean, see it. I'm thinking now, like, the only team from this past weekend that I'm scared of is Vanderbilt. <laughs> that is a wild, wild conversation, but you're not wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, no, th- that game was so much fun to watch. So, what is it, the, the team that supposedly has the best – Defense in the East outside of Georgia is supposed to be Kentucky, right? <laughs> Miami of Ohio was beat them. Miami of Ohio put up 13 points against supposedly the second defense in the East. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. No. Um so I'm gonna go over some numbers that I think really tell the story of this game here. Um, and you can, if you want, you can guess what each number means, but you've also seen the outline, so it would kind of be cheating. Actually, I didn't look at it, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been busy. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. It makes it, it makes it better. All right. Seven. What do you think that number is for? Seven. I'm going to go with – no, because I don't even think we allowed that many first downs. That's the no, because Stetson had six incompletions. Seven. Oh, there's seven straight touchdowns or seven straight drives with a touchdown. That is a fact, but that is not what the seven is for in this. <laughs> seven is for seven penalties on the University of Georgia during this game. I want to say four of them came late on the second team, guys. Yeah, um, a couple Oscar false Delp. starts. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oscar Delp had a couple couple false starts late in the game there, um, but they definitely they got to clean it up, regardless of who it was, because that in a closer game in the season, which I think Mississippi State's going to be a closer game. Everybody <laughs> says that, but Mississippi State just put up fifty points on Memphis. I think it's going to be a closer game. Uh, I think it's probably going to be the closest game the rest of the way. Seven penalties could cost somebody the game. I said this was going to be our toughest game. Well, <laughs> I called it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll try and go a little bit, maybe a little bit quicker. Two. What do you think two's for? Interceptions, Bo Nix through. Interceptions. Chris <laughs> Smith, the second should really just change the name on the back of his jersey to Nightmare. Because if you're a quarterback throwing the ball or a receiver running downfield, you don't want to see number 29 anywhere close to you. (laughs) Think back to that hit, what was it, third quarter? There was that one hit where the guy (laughs) caught the ball and he hit that receiver so hard the ball went 10 yards in the air. Yeah, then he didn't catch it. <laughs> and no, yeah, no one caught it. He like the receiver was dazed and confused when he got up. She so was Smith. Smith hit him and stayed on. Oh the yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. He puts his body on the line every play. Yeah. 
He he is the J.R. Reed, the Lewis scene. He is oh. that for this year's defense. I think he's locking down the middle of that defense. Yeah, um, we needed to. That was the emphasis of this team that people were looking at, like who was going to be that mid that center fielder. Well, yeah, we got it <laughs> between between him and Malachi. I don't. Malachi is a true freshman and showed the world why he got every single one of those five stars. Yeah. Led the team in tackles, and that interception is going to be on his draft reel in two years. Oh, yeah. That, that, he could be a receiver if he continues to play like that, and he's a safety just hunting heads in the middle of that defense. We'll, we'll get more in him later. Yes. Um. <laughs> Next number, 80.6. I I don't know, because Stetson's QBR was like 97, I think. It was like 97.3. It was like his QBR. Yeah, I don't know. 80.6 is his completion percentage against the number 11 (laughs) team in the country. Officially, he is that guy. He is Stequavius. Stequavius is that guy. He is that dude. In his last three games, two of those being in the playoffs, one against Oregon, he's at 71.3% completion percentage, 908 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. Jeez. If you still doubt Stetson Bennett at this point, it's because you're not paying attention. (laughs) I don't – if that was a guy, even – if that was even a three-star guy – he would be on every ESPN highlight reel. He would be Heisman front runner. But no, he's just some 5'11 skinny kid from Blackshear, Georgia that walked on and he's not getting the he's not getting well, the attention he deserves. It's crazy because I mean obviously you watch ESPN, so you know who L. Duncan is, right? Yeah. yeah. This is this Georgia fan who's like hey, quote unquote Georgia fan. Yeah. Um, she went on Paul Feinbaum and was like, I'm worried, you know, about this team, you know, what they have under Cinder coming back, you know, I'm, I'm scared, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, dude led us to the national championship. He's had a, finally a full offseason being the number one guy. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I have to say. And then he did what he did. Yeah. No, I, I think I posted it maybe in our group, maybe in another group. That – is the epitome of why people have stopped watching ESPN. She's got an earpiece in where somebody's feeding her a line that's going to make a headline. Yeah. And people are going to talk about it. People are going to argue about it. I'm sure people went crazy on Twitter. Oh, so as soon as the game ended, I tweeted at her. I was like, so, uh, are you still fucking worried? (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) she is because she probably didn't even watch the game. Yeah, Yeah. She was like, oh, it was a three o'clock game? I thought it was a night game. It, dude, I'm scared we're not going to have any night games this year. Yeah, no, that we, we can actually talk about that when we get done with this segment because I've had a conversation with a few people that have messaged me. Because, uh, like I said, I go to all the home games, so I've had people message me like, hey, I'd like to meet up for a night game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute. <laughs> so the next number is four. The number of first downs the defense allowed. Losses for Bo Nix against the University of Georgia. <laughs> Damn it, I was trying to, I was trying to get in depth. <laughs> kid's an athlete. If you yeah. put him at wide receiver or tight end, like he's going to be in the NFL, he's going to make plays. I'd say he's too small for tight end. 
Yeah, he might be right. I, you put him as a slot receiver in the NFL. Belichick will draft him and make him a Super Bowl MVP. He loves those fast that. white guys. Um. Yeah. Not. Bo doesn't know. He doesn't know Georgia. That's no. No. <laughs> so now we're gonna roll into our MVPs for the game, and I'll let Wes go first with the offense. Dude, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um. It's definitely Lad McConkey. Uh, no, but Lad did go off. No, my just MVP, another three star. Yeah, just another three star. MVP is fucking um, it's Stetson Bennett, like for sure. There's no doubt about it. Twenty five for thirty one, three hundred sixty eight yards. Like you said earlier, eighty point six completion percentage. He threw for two touchdowns and rushed for a touchdown. Dude was unstoppable. That. Defense didn't know what to do. Literally, I think it was the yeah the second touchdown in the game. That play action, and the two fucking Oregon dudes ran into each other. They're like point like he's over there, and he's just like yeah fuck you. I'm gonna go into the end zone. Yeah, no. The control, the control that he had of that team too, and I think it was me and you. Was it me and you talking? It was either me and you or somebody else. I was like you know that scramble play that he had last year. He would have just threw that away. Oh, yeah. He scrambled, found who he needed to find, and got the ball to him. Like, he is a whole different quarterback, and I'm excited to see what the rest of the year holds for old Stoquavius. Stoquavius. <laughs> and he's keeping that fade, too. I think he's going to keep it the whole season. He did, dude, after that performance, he needs to. Don't right. change anything. Listen to Bubbly. It was, it was the hair weighing him down. <laughs> It was a hair. Now that his his pregame song has been, you know, announced to the world. It, oh, I didn't hear about that. How did I miss yeah. it? So bubbly, the the um, Kobe Calais song. I think it's Kobe Calais. That that might be the whitest thing that boy has that ever is, done. That is his pregame song, and he needs to keep it up. Oh yeah, we need <laughs> to blast that in Sanford before games. Like, don't. Yeah, fuck Bob O'Reilly. No, bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> Colby Calais is going to get trending on Twitter and have no idea what's going on. <laughs> She's like, who's Stephen Bennett? Like, don't worry about <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So I'm about to go into the defense. And y'all know I, lo I love some defense. So I talking about him again. Christopher Smith II. He is a nightmare. I, I don't. He started last season with a pick. The pick heard around the world. He was one of the guys that has made DJU still not a good quarterback. Well, he I, just threw a he just threw a touchdown pass. They're up against Georgia Tech. They're up fourteen to well thirteen nothing right now. Yeah, I think I could throw a touchdown pass against Georgia Tech. Let's not get carried away. Um. And the thing is, the play he made last year against Clemson was almost identical to what he did on Saturday. Jumping yeah. the route, taking off and down the seam. I, he is a human eraser. Like, that guy that was running wide open down the field, and he just went and laid him out. He puts his body on the line every week. He's going to do what it takes to make the play, no matter what it does to him. Um, like I said, I, I think they should put Nightmare on his jersey from now on because <laughs> he is – he gives the quarterback terrors. Um, I will say, if I did have a runner-up, 
and I'm not trying to put you on the spot to come up with a runner-up because I just wanted to talk about it. Inside linebacker group definitely stepped up. Oh, None yeah. of the guys had significant playing time. Um, and they may not have made the plays, but every time there was somebody that got past the line of scrimmage, you saw Smale Mondin, Tresman Marshall, yep. Jamon Dumas Johnson, Ryan Davis. They were right there at the play. Tresman Marshall, he had, what, two almost interceptions. He was the guy that they had covering running backs out of the backfield. At, he looks like DeAndre Walker from that 2018 team. He's wearing 15. He's lanky. He's strong. He's fast. I, I've got big hopes for him just from the way he played on Saturday. I mean, if we're throwing runner-ups, definitely honorable mention Kenny McIntosh. Dude had a, like 117 yards receiving. Another, receiving. I think he had 25 rushing, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. He didn't have that many rushing yards, but he had two touchdowns, I believe. Like, he went off, which is good because, I mean, you haven't replaced James Cook who could do everything, you know, catch, all, catch, you know, coming out of the backfield, you know, running the ball. Kenny McIntosh is definitely that fit that we needed. Definitely to so, James Cook. J- Kenny McIntosh only had five rushing attempts on Saturday. Yeah. 18 yards. I was close. <laughs> but he had – he had nine catches yeah. for 117. He is the leading receiver right now for the team. But not only that, but the balance that he showed. that it, You can think of that one play. Oregon tries yeah. to hit him out of bounds, and he just tiptoes the sideline, takes off for another five. Yeah, he just threw Flo off of him. Uh, yeah, five-star inside linebacker Justin Flo just <laughs> got tossed like a rag doll by a running back. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on the Instagram page. <laughs> yeah, now that. And we – so if you check out our Instagram, another shameless plug here. I'm throwing throughout the episode. Wes was killing it this weekend. I didn't have service because I was at the game. Um, but Wes was killing it, being on top of everything that happened. He was posting it. There's a ton of videos, tons of clips. Um, y'all go check us out, nothing.finer.pod on Instagram. Yeah. Now it's time for our... Marshall Walker went 16 yards. He drove right over Orange Church, just driving and running with those big guys. My God, a question. Player of the week. There is no way to give this honor to anyone but Malachi Starks. Yeah. Uh, that interception, it looked like it was thrown to him, and he was coming down with it. Like, the, the other guy was there, but he was uh, an afterthought. The receiver was an afterthought. I mean, like I said earlier, his position in high school was athlete. He played quarterback. He played running back. He played wide receiver. He played defense. He, if there was a play that needed to be made in high school, he that was him. That's just what yeah. he, he that playmaker. Um, I mean, so Georgia was having a conversation going into the season of, or when he showed up on campus, is he going to be a wide receiver or a defensive back? <laughs> And I think he could do both at a high level. I mean, the yeah. kid is just an absolute animal. Uh, and very first big play of his career, like it's going to be on his draft reel when it comes out. Ridiculous. So now if you want to get into complaining about the schedule, because I am not going to stop us. So, But you missed some stuff about Malachi Starks. Oh, inform me. Eight tackles. All right. Five solo. 
Dude had five, five solo five solo tackles as a true freshman, plus that interception. Like, dude was all over the place making plays. Like, I'm, I'm Red excited. Red the team in tackles. Yeah, which that's hard to do as a cornerback. Yeah, yeah, I mean, then you had Christopher Smith, six tackles, three solo, and interception. And then Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson, five tackles, three solos, and a tackle for loss. It still blows my mind that he doesn't have a scholarship. <laughs> it was, but then, like that defense was phenomenal. I mean, fifty-one players ended up playing eleven snaps against Oregon. That's that's insane. But that's 20- where it comes into that rotation. People were doubting the defense coming into the season when they didn't realize that no one that was playing this year, except for the freshmen, like they, yeah. they were like, "Oh, Georgia lost fifteen. No, they rotated guys through so much throughout the season that these guys essentially had the same amount of snaps as the starters. Yeah, they had essential playing time. But, I mean, so there's 23 on the offense that played 11 snaps and 28 on the defense. Like, that should tell you something right there. Yeah. No, I Kirby's built in this program through recruiting and through rotating players in and out to yeah. uh, not – there's – He's not going to have a Nick Saban rebuilding year. And if he did, this is it. And they beat the number 11 team in the country by 46 points. Yeah. I'm not at all worried about this team and this defense. But All right. So are we going to start bitching about uh, about the schedule now? I mean, our schedule is what it is every year. I get it. But how I, – I don't see anywhere we're going to have a night game on our schedule. No. I, I, I don't. The closest game we're going to get is probably this Sanford game at 4 o'clock. Yeah. So, I was telling – I think it was Sean DeBerry. Shout out, Sean. We were talking about it the other day because he'd asked me. He's like, hey, you know, I'd like to take family up to a night game. What? It, which which game do you think is going to be a night game? And I said – I was like, I don't – I was like, I don't think there's going to be one. So, maybe they've already Auburn, got all the if, games. If Auburn keeps doing what they're doing, maybe Auburn. Like an undefeated Auburn coming into Athens? So, that is a – the reason Auburn's not going to be a night game is just because of what else is on that day. Oh, it's shit, October yeah. 8th. It's oh, a and Bama. Tennessee on November 5th. There – let me pull Let me pull the helmet schedule back up because I do remember why I don't think Tennessee is going to be it either. That could, that could easily be a night game. I would love for that to be a night game. But, so let's see, November 5th. What other games are November 5th? Bama, LSU, November 5th. That's going to be 3.30. Is it? Because they typically put that on at night because it's at LSU. That's going to be CBS 3.30 game because LSU's complete shit. I I agree. But LSU always gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to night games. LSU can go six and six and have four night games. I, I, mean, I think if there's going to be one, it's going to be Tennessee because that's going to be a very hyped matchup. Yeah. And then, so the away games that I think could be night games, Mississippi State, Kentucky. I think Georgia's got two back-to-back night games in those. Unfortunately, not at home. But not at home. So I would love for it to happen. But I think just as a consequence of – Gus Malzahn complaining until Deep South's oldest rivalry got moved. And Tennessee being the same day as LSU-Bama, 
I don't I don't see it. I would love to be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the four o'clock game against Stanford might be the closest we get. I'm glad that's a four o'clock game because um we're supposed to go tailgate with Candler again this Saturday. Nice. And we drove up to Atlanta Saturday morning, and when we finally got to the stadium, we accidentally walked right up to the dog walk. And I say that because we parked on one side of, like, the Home Depot tailgate lot. Yeah. And then we we walk past the Oregon, like, duck walk or whatever they call it, and we're <laughs> walking through to the other corner to where Candler's tailgate was. And then we walk up to some barricades, and we're like, what's going on? And the band lines up and starts playing, and we're like, did we accidentally just walk up to the front row of the dog walk? <laughs> nice. Um, but I did get a couple videos of that and some cool stuff from the suite that I am planning on making a uh, Instagram reel and throwing that up as like a week one experience kind of thing. I think the uh, best part about your weekend was getting a picture with puddles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I walked up and I said, I know I'm wearing the wrong color, but I got to get a picture. <laughs> Yeah, no. God, I would love for a night game. Yeah, I'd love to get you down for a night game. Dude, I would just love to come to a game. It doesn't even have to be a night game. I just want to come (laughs) to a game. If you get, if you can find a way to get leave and get down here, I'll force Kelsey to give up her ticket. (laughs) As long as it's not the, if it's the Tennessee game, she's not giving it up because we've got some family friends that go to Tennessee that are coming to that game. No, and tickets to that game are expensive on secondary. People, people are asking three hundred a piece for like three hundred level. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Um, I think that does it for us for a week one recap. I I know we both had a ton of fun watching these games. I'm still going on. I think Clemson's gonna run away with this one because Georgia Tech's just a two-way high school program. Yeah. Um, I wish Georgia Tech was better. I love hating on Georgia Tech, but they don't give me a reason anymore. Yeah, it's no fun when they when they know they suck. Oh, yeah. I, do better. Do better <laughs> for your rivalries, Georgia Tech. Because you don't have any right now. <laughs> that game, that Ole Miss at Tech game is going to be a bloodbath in a few weeks. Oh, God. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, if I were you, I would go. If it's an away game, there's no way I can make it. If, like, it's an away week for Georgia, there's no way. Just because it's so long of a drive. Um, And it is, yep, I'm in Charlotte that week. Oh. Yeah. So, I think we're going to go ahead and close this one out here, guys. Um, As always, follow us on Instagram, nothing.finer.pod. Wes is kind of taking that over because I'm an illiterate with technology, and I appreciate that. Um, we've got our Facebook group, Nothing Finer Podcast. Just search it on Facebook. You can find us. Um, if you rate and review the show, give us five stars. Send either Wes or I a or our Instagram a screenshot of that, and we will get a sticker sent out to you. Um, we are working on possibly doing some of these dry fit polos. I'll post a picture of um, if anyone would like to order those. Wes, I'm picking yours up this Friday. Hell yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at this. Apparently, Ohio State had a strong opener, according to ESPN. So, 
Oh yeah. That's her. That's her. <laughs> the dogs agree. They're also very upset about this Ohio State ranking. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure Kirk Herbstreit wrote that article himself about how underrated Ohio State is being at number two. But um where are we at? Nemo, can I please talk? Thank you. Yes, follow all of our socials. If you are going to be at any of the home games this season, except for Vanderbilt, that's the only one I'm missing, hit me up. I'd love to hang out and talk. Um, other than our normal stuff, Wes, is there anything you want to close out with? Yeah. All right. Always remember, guys, there's nothing finer in the land. Yeah, drunk up noxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket, launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Kaylee Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.